Good morning. Today is Friday, September 10th, 2021. Yom Kippur is based on the premise that teshuva helps, repentance helps. The origin of Yom Kippur is that God accepted our repentance for the Egel Azov, the golden calf, and Moshe returning to the Jewish people with the second set of Luchos, the Ten Commandments, was the demonstration that God had accepted that repentance, and that happened on the 10th of Tishrei, Yom Kippur, and that establishes this day as a day which has as its premise that Shuva repentance helps. And Teshuva repentance is not based on reason, because you can't change the past. Once you've done something, you can't undo it. I shared with some of you before a quote from a remarkable book written by Anne Lamott. And the title is Help, Thanks, Wow. And it's a very interesting book about prayer, not necessarily from a Jewish point of view, but a very interesting book, Help, Thanks, Wow by Anne Lamott, and she says, the three things I cannot change are the past, the truth, and you. And that's a very deep insight because I cannot change the facts of the past, but I can change what they mean. I can change the impact that they will have on me going forward through the process of teshuva. Specifically, I can change, I can reverse the distance I have caused through my mistake, such that if I am sincere, the mistake, the sin, can actually become a positive force in my life. It can become a spiritual high instead of a spiritual low. That is the premise of Yom Kippur. And I do that by regretting sincerely what I did wrong, by committing not to repeat it, and then a sin, a mistake, ironically and improbably brings me closer to God. That's what our sages mean when they say that through teshuva, our sins become merits. And even further, our sages say, B'makam shebalei tshuva omdim. In the place where one who repents stands, the spiritual level of one who has sinned and repents is higher than one who has been completely righteous their entire life. Now, this applies when the sin is exclusively against God. 
a sin against another person is also a sin against God. And the same process applies, as we mentioned, about a sin that is exclusively against God. But first, before God will even consider forgiving us and bringing us close again, returning us to Shuva, returning us to him, we must compensate our fellow for the karma for the harm we caused and ask and receive their forgiveness. Now, superficially, this is very easy to do. You could just put it on Facebook. Anyone who I may have offended in the past year, I ask your forgiveness. That is not only superficial and supercilious, it is also meaningless. To ask someone for forgiveness sincerely can be very, very difficult. More difficult often than asking God for forgiveness because it means approaching the other person saying clearly what I did wrong and verbalizing the pain that I caused. So anytime one starts with the words, if you were offended or for whatever I might have done, you've already failed. <laughs> that doesn't qualify. You have to verbalize what it was that you did and what was the impact on the other person. Not if, but what you caused. And you have to convince the other person, and this can be the hardest, you have to convince the other person how ashamed you are of what you did to them how badly you feel and how hard you will try to be better. And your words at first, your gesture at first, may not be welcome or accepted. So you have to keep trying. Now, yes, it is true that there can be an extreme case where the offended party is so stubborn that they are never willing to listen. That's an unusual situation. But in general, I have to keep trying. And sometimes it means I have to keep looking for new ways or new opportunities, new moments where my words may be heard. I can't give up. I have to keep trying until I reach that person and they are moved to be willing to forgive me. In other words, I have to reestablish love. And that is the only way 
That is the prerequisite for God to then be willing to forgive us for the part of what we did that is against God. That is the prerequisite for Yom Kippur to work for us. And for that reason, that needs to be the work that we are doing now. And it's hard. It's hard to do it right. And it's rare. But we still have to try. Because it is transformative. On both sides. Because while you, the pleader, can be redeemed from guilt by reaching this level of reestablishing love, of receiving forgiveness from the other person for what you said, while it is transformative for you to be redeemed from that guilt, the other person, the offended, will be redeemed from hate and animosity. And therefore, teshuva is equally necessary for both sides of the argument. This is one of the most important lessons I have learned in life, and I wish I could do it more often and more successfully. But here is a great example of how this dynamic works. And it comes from a sermon that was delivered by Martin Luther King Jr. He told the story of one of the great presidents of the United States of America, Abraham Lincoln. When Lincoln was running for president, there was a man who ran around the country talking trash about Lincoln. He said lots of very bad things about Abraham Lincoln. Unkind things. And he would even talk about personal things like Lincoln's appearance. He would say, you don't want a tall, lanky, ignorant man like Lincoln as the president of the United States. And he would go on and on and on. Finally, eventually, Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States of America. And when you become president of the United States of America, you have to choose a cabinet. You have to choose individuals that will help you lead the nation. And it came time for Lincoln to choose a Secretary of War. Later, that title was changed to Secretary of Defense. But at that time, it was called the Secretary of War. And Lincoln chose for his Secretary of War a man named Edwin Stanton. Now, 
all of Lincoln's advisors were shocked that Lincoln would name Stanton to this very important position. And they said, Mr. Lincoln, are you crazy? This is the man who went around the country speaking terribly about him. You know what he said about you? You know all the horrible things he said about you during the election? And Lincoln responded to his advisors. And he said, yes, I know what he said about me. In fact, I heard him say those things from time to time. But looking over the country, he is the best man for this job. And Edwin Stanton did become Secretary of War. And a few months later, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And Stanton was one of many, many people who eulogized Abraham Lincoln. And he is one who spoke perhaps some of the most famous words of tribute for the great president. He said about Lincoln, now he belongs to the ages the famous quote about Abraham Lincoln. And he went on to deliver a eulogy of beautiful statements about the character and the stature of this man. Now here's the point that King makes and the point that is crucial and central to Yom Kippur. Had Abraham Lincoln hated Stanton, which he had all the reason in the world to do, had Lincoln answered everything that Stanton had said about him that was terrible and untrue and personal and mean, Lincoln would not have transformed and redeemed Stanton. Stanton would, would have gone to his grave hating Lincoln and Lincoln would have gone to his grave hating Stanton. But through the power of love, Abraham Lincoln was able to redeem Edwin Stanton. That is the power that God created on Yom Kippur. The power of love, which is brought about through the process of sincere, meaningful teshuva. That is the power to redeem the hater and the hated. It's hard to do correctly. And it's rare to do it successfully. But if you use it, you will see it is the greatest power on earth. And it is, in fact, the purpose 
and the goal of Yom Kippur. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.